This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Welcome back to the Playhouse. We took a slight break there. Uh, Asante sana for the breakfast and chapos. <laughs> Me and Derek here enjoying it thoroughly, especially Derek. Um, okay, so we left off at at a heavy part of this story, a heavy part of your life. Um, and thank you so much for sharing. I've got a question to ask her. Just before I ask how the transition of what made you... Um, Actually, I'll start with that. Now, you said you started changing. Yes. What started changing about you? Well, before, um, I, I tried to suppress myself and my... Because what would happen? Like, um, I, I was always asking questions. Why don't you do this? Why aren't you doing this? Why this? Why that? You know, just trying to understand why things were not working out. I tried to get us to go for counseling. Maybe we'd go for one session after that. He's not interested. Um, then one day, I spoke to somebody. There's a pastor who now started walking with me. Mm. And he told me one day, you know... So, no, so, so you approached... Uh, I went to a counselor. Okay, nice. And she told me that I need to be okay for my children to be okay. She told me that people don't realize when there's tension in the home, the kids pick up on it. They may never see you fight or whatever, but they pick up on the vibe in the house. Mm. And it affects them. And they're small, so they don't know how to tell you whatever. And I remember like my kids, I always thought they were so well behaved. They were quiet do what they're told to do they would you know if it's time to play you go you sit outside and play um but they were not boisterous they're boys mm. but they didn't have that ah you guys keep quiet Breaking everything <laughs> never in fact my house we didn't move anything when they came mm. you know how you take and put things so that the kids never did it was the way it was so like you know i was so like my kids they're so well behaved. behaved you know people should take lessons from me until i was told when you see kids acting like that they're depressed especially for boys testosterone is already mm. there but you're not seeing signs of it there's depression and what proved it for me was that now after after we separated i moved into my sister's house because mm. financially i wasn't able to stand on my own the day we moved in, these kids changed. Noise jumping all over the place. Did you, they became different people. My sister is asking me, what have you done to my children? Because even hers. <laughs> I told her, I've never seen my kids like this. In fact, it's your kids who have changed mine. Mine used to be well behaved. So now when, we, when I took them actually for counseling as well, that's when I was told. And you see boys are too... Is something wrong what 
first and foremost that's crazy that mm. they can sense yeah. the mood yeah. the, and, and, and it's actually not crazy it's, it's true yeah. uh, you enter a bubbly home you just see kids already yeah. in that sp- if you enter home, I have I have friends who their marriages are not working mm-hmm. and they always say no the kids don't know so you know it's okay I'm like you don't know those kids know they may not understand or yep. even have the details but they know there's something wrong my wife is a counselor and one of the things that she says they even can tell from the womb mm-hmm. they can tell that's rejection true. that's true from the womb that's true and i found that crazy but yeah. it's true yeah so so i remember even for, for the second child from the moment the child was born she was saying you accepted yeah you know sometimes you get an oops yeah <laughs> so yeah. she's just like ah, yeah from the uh, this child is accepted yeah. we love this child yeah. it's, you're not you're not an oops mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. So it's okay. So now you start changing and getting that. So I started changing. I was like, okay. So it was I get intentional. It. I now get it. Like, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I need to be okay. Um, I'm not neglecting. Like, make sure his clothes are washed. Make sure there's always food in the house. Make sure the house is clean. But no more asking, where were you? Why didn't you come home when you said, focus now on myself, being okay and being there for my kids? Let me ask a hard question. Do you think you played a role in this? Did you blame yourself? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I I felt there was something that he needed that I wasn't able to give. I wasn't I told you I wasn't good enough. I wasn't mm. interesting enough. I wasn't I wasn't something and that's why I always believed that. Now I don't. Mm. I mean, to some extent I suppose we're not compatible. Mm. But are you um, okay to say after? You know, because sometimes after the divorce, it's always, oh, even me, I played this part. It, can, can a divorce be a place where, nope, it wasn't me? I feel, or the way I, I would say it is that I, a, a fight is between two people. Mm. So there must also have been something in me that worked against this. Maybe intention, unintentionally, and maybe also done it with good intention, mm. but it just didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. What it is is what I don't know. Okay, so let's talk about then the end of this. So, so I changed, and I think that that. Mm-hmm. And part of changing was your confidence. Yeah. Coming back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so okay. So yeah, that it 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 threw him. Okay. It threw him. That's a powerful and thing to say. So you're getting back your confidence in a in a in a toxic situation like that is yeah. actually uh, an advisable thing to do. Yeah. As hard yeah. as it is, and how? What did you do? Because I mean, God again. Okay. Yeah. God again. In fact, that's a good question. What did you do? How did you get it in back? In fact, I remember. Um, so you've not gotten pissed off with God? No. Like God, how can you let this marriage happen to me? God, you didn't no, blast me. I, 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 I would pray like constantly, like let my marriage work. Let him start to love me. Because in my head, we, we, there was never going to be a breakup. Mm-hmm. I didn't get married too. And I knew, <clears throat> I knew marriages have challenges. So I'm not saying like it was supposed to be all, yeah, yeah they're challenges, but you can work on them. You can work on them. I believed that. 
Mm. I mean, I, I, my parents, they were very happily married. But there are times I'd see they're not happy with each other. But they would work on it, you know. So I believed that even if it wasn't perfect, we could work on it and make it better. Okay. But I think um, what we believed about marriage and expected from marriage was very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the main thing. Mm. They're not compa- they're not even compa- we, we're not going the same direction. Yeah, yeah. Mm. For me, marriage was this, and this is what I expected from it. For him, it was this, and there was no way. Mm. So even the, the counseling, there was, we could never be on the same page, mm. you know. So maybe in a sense it was inevitable. I mean, there's, I know there's people who live for years and years together and they're just, they're together but they're not together. Mm. But ours just got to the point where he, he just, he, through a series of events, he, okay. he finally walked out. Okay, so now he walks out and as you've said, you move into yours. Yeah, he walked out and um, I had to give up the house. Mm. And you remained with the kids? I remained with the kids. So I moved into my youngest sister's house. Mm. And again, this was God orchestrated. I didn't know about it. I mean, I didn't know what was coming. So I moved, I moved to her house with the kids and they were amazing. They, they told me, you know, don't worry about anything. Your sister's married now. Yes, she was married mm. with two children. Mm. So in fact, our kids grew up together. So they're like brothers. Yeah. So yeah, don't worry about anything. You don't have to chip in anything. If you want, fine. If you don't, just focus on paying your kids school fees. That's it. They did everything else. They fed us. They housed us. Whoa. I mean, my, my gratitude to that couple I don't know how I can ever. Yeah, they've they've been amazing to me, totally. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. So so we stayed so, with them. And your kids. Yeah. Again, I think you said this off camera, but I just just in case for somebody. Yeah. How did you? Just in case. <laughs> <not> just, <laughs> My turn. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not supposed to be happening. <laughs> For sure, it ain't. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yes. But, but you know, I love as we were even saying off camera. There's nothing God doesn't waste pain. Yeah. And th- this story is headed somewhere. This story is headed <laughs> somewhere. Uh, this life is still headed somewhere. Yeah. So, the difficulty of having that conversation with your kids—they mm. are young. Uh, what, what? How old are they at this time? Two and three. Ah, yeah, yeah. Mm. If become this is not the life trajectory that you had seen mm-hmm. your life headed at all, at all. Yeah. Okay, so what happens after that? So initially, I didn't say anything to them, mm-hmm. but then um, it got to the point where, because I still wanted him to have um, them in his life, spend mm. time with them, and all that, but I don't know if. I don't know what was going on in his life. He just didn't seem to have time for them. Mm. And so they, they started asking me, like, you know, why doesn't he come to see us? And they actually thought it was me that was preventing him. Mm. And I tell them, no, you know, he loves you and he wants to be with you. I think he's just very busy. And that that became the story for a while. And then as they grew older, they'd come and ask me, mommy, uh, 
that they shouted at you. Not say yeah. So I felt I shouldn't, I didn't, I didn't want to color him black in their eyes because mm. I felt it's important for them to know him and respect him as their father. But by the time they became young adults, mm. you know, I mean, they were asking me blunt questions. Mm. So I'd answer some of the questions as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and, and the reason why I was saying that it's not that they're watching this. Mm -mm. and and they are unaware mm -mm. and also it's important for somebody who's mm -mm. going through this to understand mm -mm. have this conversation mm -mm. in fact it's interesting like sometimes like random one of them would say you know i remember when i was like three i remember coming into whatever and you were crying i'm like you're so small and this is many years later mm. but that memory just came back then now they put two and two together they're like, ah, so this and this happened. So it's stuck somewhere. Mm. Mm, even when they're small. They see, they hear, they sense. This is such a mm. learning conversation. It's such a, I mean, thank you so much for openly, honestly sharing. Uh, if I give me that issue, you could just. <laughs> <laughs> just the Arabian on the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I mean, thank you for that. And I'm sure it helped somebody. There's nothing that's in vain. So what happens now? Okay. So... Um, First of all, you've got an amazing sister and her, and her husband. I have an amazing family. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I don't want this to be forever. I don't want to infringe on them. You know, I'm very, I'm very independent. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for me to... I just sit there and take it, but I knew I needed it. There's but, a time for healing for you. Yeah, but we we sat and, and and talked and we agreed that I'd stay with them for a year, just give myself time to get back on my feet, and then I'd look for a place, and then we can move out with the kids. Mm. And I had a nanny who I kept with me. She's she was also amazing. She's the one who brought up these these kids. So we moved in with her. Mm. We moved. To my sisters with her and at this time what are you doing to heal or it's just waking up every day alone is yeah healing? yeah just just being in a different space uh -huh, you know uh -huh. being in a place now where i guess i knew i was wanted uh -huh. i was accepted i was yeah i mean they they went out of their way for me uh -huh. so just the reassurance i guess that i matter i matter enough for somebody to make sacrifices for me yeah that environment was a healing environment more than you know because i had moved in 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 august so the following august was when like we had a we reach august and now i look for a place and i move out mm -hmm. so the month ends Two days after that end month, I'm diagnosed with cancer. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app.
That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Yo, that environment was a healing environment. More than you know. Because I had moved in in, in, in August. So the following August was when like we had a we reach August then now I look for a place and I move out. Mm-hmm. So the month ends two days after that end month I'm diagnosed with cancer. Okay, okay, okay. So where am I going? They're like you can't go. Okay, let's I mean I'm, I'm wondering why I'm caring and I already know this story. <laughs> but this is just insane. Okay, you spend a year with them and, mm. and you're supposed to leave. Mm. So let's, let's then talk about now this. I don't even want to call it a transition into cancer, but how did you find out? So, um, a friend of mine... One and of how old are you at this time? Mid-30s. Uh-huh. So, a friend of mine, we're a colleague. There's, there's a time, it was in December of 2004, there, were, there was an article in the newspaper about cancer and the signs and what, what, what. And she's like, I, me, Ebu, I want to go and get checked. And she said, you see, we go. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, oh, you know, I'm scared, I think, oh, and I need, I need you to come with me. So I decided, let me go with her. And she made an appointment somewhere she went and because I was there the doctor who was checked I don't even remember who he was but he tells me well since you are here I can also check you okay so I go in and he checks me and one of the things that they do that you can do to check is to see if you're like um, if you if I'm trying to think of a a clinical way of putting it but basically if if you have any fluid coming out of your uh, nipple mm. and when he checked I had some but I had just weaned mm. my baby mm. so mm. he said oh this is probably milk but what you can do go once you dry maybe like in about six months you can come back and I'll just check again so it's like okay but went out of my head then and did your friend come out okay? My friend was fine. Okay. She's still fine. She was just, she just wanted like, let's, let's just go yeah. and check. So about mid the following year, I'm in the shower and I felt a lump. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's hormones. I don't know. But anyway, life moves on. Month later, it's still there. So I started thinking, you know, and when you say a lump, is it is it big? Is it small? It's is big. It felt like a like an egg. Whoa, mm. that size! I actually don't know how. I never noticed it, and I just chanced on it, you know. And by the following month, it hadn't changed. It was still there. So I thought, I'm now alone. If it turns out to be something serious, and I didn't do anything about it, and I die. I'll really kick myself because of the kids. Mm-hmm. So perhaps I go get it checked. I'm sure it's something that they can give me a pill, it dissolves. I never thought cancer. 
Okay, can I ask the lump? Mm. Can it be the size of a pea? It can be the size of a pea. Okay, so it can be that small all the way to small. an egg and even bigger. Yeah. You you are finding out when it's the size of an mm. egg. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, um So I went I I made an appointment to go and do a mammogram. So I did the mammogram. They checked the results. I don't know if the they were lying but anyway they checked the results they say oh yeah it's big so it has to come out but it doesn't look like anything you know if it was cancer it would be now those terms i didn't know at the time mm. it should really look how nini nini um but uh, since it will need to come out uh you need to go and see an oncologist first time i'd had that word mm. uh, oncologist yeah do you know of one i said no I said oh, there's one just over there so you can take the results to him he'll tell you whatever so i made an appointment and uh, i went and he said he looked at them he also told me it doesn't look like anything serious but because it's large it has to come out so but before we remove it just in case we remove and then find there's something why don't you go and do a a, a test it's a biopsy and then now come with the results then now we can make a full decision on that mm. okay and what is that me i'm very i'm very cool what's a biopsy a biopsy in this case it's it's what they call a fine needle aspiration so they stick a needle into the lump and they pull out tissue uh, uh-huh. then they go and test, test that it, tissue okay. for any abnormality so i made an appointment i went i did that in fact i went with my pal again and we went and they you know they told they tell you lie on the table and she comes with this needle and it has a it's pretty thick because it has a sucking and then it has a hook so i'm just seeing her doing this like her hand going up and down i feel nothing she doesn't give me given me anesthesia uh, yeah, yeah. so i'm feeling nothing that's a sign but of course i know nothing about cancer so i'm like okay i guess there's nothing wrong otherwise i'd be in pain then she finds another little lump on this other side and she does the same thing and this one excruciating so i'm like hmm that might be the one but it's little so again it can't be that so she tells me okay put on your clothes again she goes out unknown to me she tells my friend when she's coming for results make sure you come with her because of course she already knows hmm. the doctor already knows so we go back to the office then um they tell me okay it'll take about 2 days but that same it was in the morning so in the afternoon they call me oh you know you hadn't finished paying for your whatever i say oh but we're on a company thing they say no you need to come maybe sign some papers so that we know the payment will be done so i'm like okay so i think ah see, it's just whatever i don't even tell my pal i just sneak i, I didn't sneak out i just went, see yeah. i'm just going to yeah. sign and come back so i go there She asked me always oh, your friend I said why oh, left at the office. And she says uh, okay. And she gives me a, an envelope, a sealed envelope. And she tells me okay, take this to the doctor. See he's just here. Just go now. I'm like okay. When I leave, she calls my friend, she tells her come. So me I go to the doctor. I sit. She's already called him. I sit, then he calls me in. Takes the envelope, he opens, he reads. 
He starts saying, I'm sorry, Doris. I'm so sorry, Doris. I'm looking at him like, Tell me, have you read it? I said, no. She said, it's positive for cancer. World crashed again. So I break down. I mean, I'm like, first, um, uh, me, what? What does this mean? Like, my mind ran. You know how they say when you're about to die, things mm. flash? I understand that thing now. Because mm. a million thoughts flash through my mind. And then he tells me, okay, so we have to remove it. We have to cut off your breast. Mm. And uh, I tell him now, this was on 2nd September. I tell him I was supposed to travel on a, it was on a Friday. I tell him on Sunday, I'm leaving the country to go to, to, we had a meeting in Tanzania. I ask him, do I go? Do I stop? What, what do we do? What do we do? He says, oh no, you can go as long as you come back before the end of the month. I'm like okay so I open the door <laughs> to find my friend there so she follows me to my car me I don't want to talk now mm. I need I need to absorb this and deal with it first but she follows me to my car she sits in there so I, I, I'm, I'm crying I'm like I don't know so then she tells me so what are you going to do you need to tell your people like, I don't know I'll tell them how will I tell my dad? He's not recovered from my mom's death. Mm -mm -mm. Um, was your dad, was your mom also as a result of cancer? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which we didn't find out until after she died. Because some doctor decided he's not going to tell us. So, um, but then I thought, you know, these guys will know. Definitely there's something wrong. So I decided, let me call them. Because I don't want to have to keep, te I tell this one, then I go and tell the other one. So let me call them. Just tell them to come and meet me. We have a cup of tea. This time my... she married yet? My elder sister, yeah, she had just gotten married. So I told her, the two sisters and their husbands, come, let's meet. So we met. I had no plan. Same day? Yeah. I had no plan. I just blurted it out. So then I have cancer. So of course, shock. And we decided, okay, we won't tell dad first. Let me first gather myself. Then now we can talk to him when I'm more sane. Mm. Otherwise, if I'm in pieces, even him now. So we went home and we, he was visiting at the time. So he, he, he was between Nairobi and Shag. So whenever mm. he was around, he'd stay with my sister. So went home. I went for my trip. I actually went and started looking for books because I needed to know what to expect. I wanted to get ready. Didn't find any except a medical book. So I'm reading it on the way. And chapter this, on this side of the book, somebody's been diagnosed. As you get to the next, this other chapter here, five chapters later, they're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every story was like that. And all of them were like, you need to do something. Like, they started... You know, and it was all like st in story form, but it kind of told mm. the experience of the person. I started thinking, hey, have I made a mistake? Should I have just said they start something? Or is it that I'm so sick that whether I spend another month with it or not, it'll make no difference. I'm still going to die. Mm. And that's when now the thought of 
it's so bad i'm dying so <laughs> so we went out with some colleagues we went to we reached we stopped at a guest house and we were served i can't remember what the food was but we were served watermelon one of my colleagues says you know because we were spitting out the seeds and he's like you know seeds are very good they prevent cancer uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think it's too late. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. But that was so funny. funny. That was so funny. I'm just glad that the story is being told by the pastor. Otherwise, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, but I chose not to tell them because mm-hmm. I didn't want to mess the whole. Yeah. So we went. We'd go. We have our meetings. I'm quiet. Usually, I come with like red eyes and what they don't know what's wrong are you okay yes you know that thing we were saying mm. you're good yeah good. then we, i go i go back to my room in the evening and i spend the night in tears but by the time i was finishing the week we were supposed to be there for 10 days but we mm, for two weeks but we finished in 10 days i decided no i need to come back and find out exactly what is going on like now ask questions mm. So when I came back, we sat with my sister. We said, okay, let's start with a pathologist. So this first stage that you're just going through is shock. A shock. Shock and why mm. me? Mm. And I didn't, what is... No, no, I didn't ask why me. It was like, what is going on? Okay, like, yes. What's going to happen? And, and then now processing. And in fact, while we were in Tanzania, I wrote my will. Because <sighs> I knew I was going to die. I mean, I decided it's so bad that he, he you know... There was no hope even if mm. he started the treatment immediately nothing was going to change. So I wrote my will. I started now making my peace with God. If there's anything that is still whatever, you know, let's sort it out. I wish I'm coming. So when I came back to Nairobi, we agreed with my sister, let's first go to the pathologist and just ask now details. Okay, pathologist being being now the lady who did the biopsy. Uh-huh, yeah, okay. they're the ones who work in the lab and do all the samples and whatever. So when I got back, we made an appointment, then we went to see her. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.